0: Okay. Uh, good morning. A <laughs> uh, couple of little uh, family housekeeping items, and then I'll give you a chance to talk to one another, and then we'll see what God wants to do this morning. Um, we've reminded you a couple of times. Just to do it again. These bathrooms over here in the children's area are for children and workers. We're just wanting to be everyone to be safe. And so, if you could, you're an adult, use the bathrooms over there during Sunday mornings. That would be great. Um, you know that we're in the midst of this Inhabit the Space building campaign. We've been talking about it. We're moving into the, uh, the giving phase in January after Advent. But uh, for now, we've got one more meeting this coming Sunday, the 19th, right after church. So if you've not been to an in-home meeting for Inhabit the Space, questions, answers, there's no spiel. There's, uh, you know, it's not Amway or anything like that. Uh, you just get to come in and ask all your questions. Um, so that happens next Sunday after the service in the um, community room. And if you haven't been a part of one of those, you can. Uh, A number of you have asked me and asked Adam uh, for an update on Jane's mother, because you know I wasn't here last Sunday as Jane's mom's having some health issues. Um, Just warning, you know those people that can separate parts of their lives so that their emotion from one doesn't go into another? That's not me. (laughs) So you don't have to feel pity or any of that, but. I tend to emote. So, um, Jane's with her mom in Cincinnati right now, her sister and her um, father. Her mother has been having uh, continual strokes. So uh, we kind of went from last week, she was speaking. And my little Siri is taking all of this, my little Something thing. Went wrong. Something went wrong. OK. Um, yeah, so uh, at this point, her mom's not able to speak. Um, so they're just kind of walking through that change of life where, uh, having heard her talk for a long, long time, she can't articulate anymore. Here's the wild thing, she can sing. Uh, so yesterday, the, I wasn't, gosh, I don't want to throw this away. <laughs> um Yeah. So uh, yesterday, after a procedure and a lot of stuff, and you know, as the stroke's moving on, we're in the ICU in Cincinnati, and uh, the nurse practitioner came in and and said to her, "Can you say mama?" But she couldn't do it. You know, she couldn't come up with the words "mama." But then Jane and her sister said, well, "Let's sing a song." So then the three of them sang, "Hark the herald angels sing," and her mouth's drooping, and she can't articulate, and she's slurring. But there she's singing, God and Sinner Reconciled. <laughs> like, and I'm like, God, the brain is wild. <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, the singing part of the brain is a, in a different space than the speaking and the coming up with part of the brain. So, yeah, we're just walking through that. And, you know, I say that because I know you care and this is a public space. But I also recognize as we walk through that, you're all, we're all walking through that, right? I mean, I'm looking around the room and knowing people that have children or spouses or parents or grandparents or loved ones that are walking through difficulty. So my father-in-law said to me yesterday, you know, after the surgeon came in and said, this isn't good and we don't know how this is all going to end. And he looked at me. By the way, my father-in-law is a nuclear physicist. That's his PhD, is nuclear physics, so he knows a thing or two. <laughs> uh, and he looks at me and he says, "Randy, you're the pastor. What do we do now?" And um, I just said what I think we all have the ability to. I said, "Charlie, we just be present. You know, what else can we do? We're just present. We're just here. We've had amazing times with Marge. Things have been good. Things have been wonderful." Now it's hard. So when we remember a good thing, we laugh. And then when it gets hard, we cry. We can't fix it. There is a God. We are not him. So we're just present. And um, I just watched Jane and her sister and her dad being present last night before I left. And it's beautiful. So that's kind of my uh, exhortation to you, whatever it is you might be walking through with God, wondering where God is maybe exalting that God is present. Just be present with what God's doing. Um, God lives in reality, and we should join him there on occasion. Okay, stand up. (laughs) Talk to each other. Uh, Meet someone you haven't met before. Uh, Extroverts, wait till someone comes to you. Introverts, run to the first person and gab everything. Well, um, I I first want to say thanks to Adam, who uh, last weekend, when he got the phone call from me on Saturday afternoon, I said, Adam, you know a phone call from Randy Saturday afternoon is never a good thing. (laughs) 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 So thanks to Adam for speaking about fasting at the spur of the moment. Um, I think he did a great job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't want to talk about fasting anyway, right? (laughs) Uh, we do believe as a church God has called us in this season uh, very specifically to inhabit this space. You know, we're making a big deal about it because we think God's making a big deal about it. God's called us to this strange building in this very specific place in the earth that he made. We are here for a time and we feel like God's called us to inhabit this space. The odd thing is we don't know what God means by it completely. Is God saying, by this building? Is God saying, continue to lease? We just don't know, so we move forward in faith, um, asking for wisdom. Either way, this is uh, it's going to take some investment from us as a family of God. It's going to take some time uh, for us to, to figure out what to do and, uh, and pray to God. It's going to take some money. We'll have to invest financially, emotionally, and relationally. We'll have to really gather together for this to, uh, to happen we really want to be in alignment with God. Uh, Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of Galatians 5, he says, we want to keep in step with the Spirit. That's Paul's exhortation, keep in step with the Spirit. We don't want to run ahead of God like we know what we're doing when we don't, and we don't want to lag behind when God has said to do something, even though we can't figure it out, we want to keep walking. So that's where we are right now. So, um We prayed, and uh, as a staff and elders, we decided it would be good to take some time as a church corporately to fast and pray as we walk into this uh, building campaign. So we're just calling you all into four days of uh, corporate fasting and prayer. Um, We're asking God for four specific things. Now, when you pray, you can pray for whatever you want, right? (laughs) You and God. But as a family here, as the body of Christ, as the Vineyard Church, we are praying for four things. We're praying for wisdom. We're praying for guidance. We're praying for God's protection, and we're praying for God's provision. We're praying for wisdom. God, what do you want us to do? Uh, By the way, as you're taking pictures, you will have gotten one of these little cards on the way in, or you can get one on the way out. So here's your picture. You want to take a picture of that picture? Okay? <laughs> These are your prayer prompts. Um, we're praying for wisdom. God, what do you want us to do with what we have and what we know? We're praying that for four days. God, what do you want us as a church to do with what we have and what we know? We're praying for guidance. God, when and how do we do what you call us to do? Because we want to be with God, we want to be in alignment with God. So we need his guidance. We're praying for protection. You know, there is an enemy. We don't like to make a big deal about him. We don't like to talk a lot about him. We don't need to rail against him. He's defeated. Doesn't mean he's not present. So we are praying for protection. God, protect us as we walk by faith and in obedience. God, preserve our unity. You know, we have a... Um, I talk to pastors a lot out there in the world. I hear horror stories about churches. I don't have any to, to give I really don't. I mean, we're we're a really nice church. (laughs) We're not a perfect church. You know what they say about a perfect church. If you find a perfect church, don't go there. You'll screw it up. (laughs) But uh, we have a unity here. And, um, you know, Paul says, uh, maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. God brings unity. We get to maintain it. So we really want the power of God and the protection of God that we might maintain the unity that we have here. We want to walk forward together. That's crucial for us right now. So we're asking for God's protection. Don't let the bad guy come in and mess us up. And so we're fasting and we're praying, and we're praying for provision. God, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take $1.1 million to do something with this building, and you've called us to do it, and we're going to go after it, but we need your provision. Um, We need God's corporate provision. We need, individually, we need provision. We need God. And so we're going to God in fasting and prayer during these four days. All right, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this family. Thank you that we can be together as a family, that with all of our uh, various personalities, our gifts, our callings, our idiosyncrasies that, God, you've called us to be one. And we praise you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we experience unity. As we talk about some of the practical things about fasting and take on the challenge to, together, fast and pray for these next four days, we ask for grace. And the filling and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as we walk together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so some practical things uh, about this time of uh, corporate fasting and prayer. Uh, Fasting is choosing to set aside something that is good in order to go after and pursue um, the greater. Notice I didn't say the gooder, right? (laughs) That's my last joke. I'm done after that. Fasting is setting aside something that's good. God's given us food to eat, and it's good, and it sustains us. We enjoy it. It's for our pleasure and our health. But we set it aside for a time to pursue someone who is greater. We say no to food, or we'll talk about abstaining and so forth. We, we say no to food or something that is good so that we can pursue someone who is greater. We say, God, you are more important than my latte. Little... Latte issue over there? (laughs) So we're fasting and we're praying from now um, through uh, this next Thursday, and we'll have a time of worship and prayer. We'll talk about that. So if you can fast from food in a healthy way, fast. We're calling everyone to a fast. Stop eating. That's what fasting is. Stop eating and pursue God. Now, if there are health reasons that you can't do that, obviously don't do that if you're nursing, if you're pregnant, if you have a health issue, if you have a, uh, an eating disorder, anything like that. Obviously, with wisdom, we're telling you, um, you know, be wise here. But we're calling everyone to abstain from something. In the Old Testament, when there was a fast, the term you, uh, normally used is they proclaimed a fast. It never says, and then they invited everyone to fast. It doesn't say, like, if you feel like it and if, you know. They didn't do that. They just said, we're fasting. Are you a human? You're fasting. And so that's where we are as a church. We don't normally do this, but we're saying, we're going to fast. We're going to give up food for four days, or we're going to give up something for four days. We're going to say no to something during these four days of saying yes to God, and we're going to do it together. So I would uh, ask you to plan your fast. It begins like, oh, 30 minutes ago. So plan your fast. Think about what's this fast going to be like. Is it going to be a full full fast, that is, no food, just water and or some juice for the next four days or for a portion of that time? Is it a partial fast, like a Daniel fast? If you look in Daniel 1, you know, Daniel and his uh, uh, compadres there, said, we won't eat the choice meats, we'll just eat fruits and vegetables. So maybe God's calling you to a Daniel fast, just fruits and vegetables for the next four days. Just saying no to something good because we're saying yes to God who is greater. Or if you're not able to fast, what would God have you abstain from? What would God have you abstain? say no to so that you can pursue God, pray for these things that as a, a family we're praying for. I think Adam said it last week, I'll say it again. Don't say to God, well, I might fast, I might I will just see how it goes. It won't. <laughs> I promise. I've done that before. God, I, if you call me to a fast, I'll do it. I'll just see how it goes. No, it won't go. Who really loves not to eat? Not that many of us. So um, so plan it, pray about it, make a decision, and then make that decision God's will. Choose to live within that. I would suggest that you decide now how long you'll fast. Is it one meal? No shame. Is it one day? Is it three days? Is it the whole time? But don't, again, say, well, I'll fast until it seems like I should stop because it will seem like you should stop about 22 seconds after you decide I'm going to fast. Um, I would encourage you, plan, the to- plan times to pray over these next four days. So dur- during your normal mealtime, decide to pray. Just decide, I'm going to spend 20 minutes or a half an hour or an hour or five minutes instead of eating Taco Bell, whatever it is that you do. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to be before God. I'm going to ask God on behalf of us and personally for God's wisdom, for his guidance for his protection and his for his provision. Um, as uh, you pray and you feel hunger pains, you feel like, oh, I didn't have that coffee or I didn't have that whatever. As you feel that, let that feeling be a prayer prompt. When it hits you, which is natural, not the devil. When you feel hungry, that's not the devil. When you decide I'm going to eat the cheeseburger but not tell anyone, that's the devil. But when you feel hungry, that's not the devil. That's God reminding you, oh, you have a longing. And it's a natural and a good longing, but you're setting it aside and you're coming to me. So when you feel that hunger, hear the voice of Jesus saying, come to me. Just come to me. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what your needs are and what your desires are. Let any and every aspect of your fast turn you back to prayer if you're abstaining from media of some sort, every time you naturally you know, go to your phone, if, you, if God's told you, you know, fast from your phone or texting or social media, every time that you naturally do this, and I think that you know, the statistics are about 400,000 times a day we do this, right? Every time you're tempted to do that, let that be the reminder, oh yeah, I'm looking for God. God's not in my phone. God's in my heart. God sits in heaven, and I'm going to pursue him. So let everything, you know, when you see that little, if you're fasting from media and you see that little Netflix thing and you're about to click on it to binge on the Great British Baking Show, which I will not be watching this week, <laughs> let that action be the beginning of your prayer. Let your life lead you to God. God created you, he knows you, he loves you, he's given you good things. When you say no for a while, let that good thing, that desire, let that lead you to the greatest, to God himself. Set your mind and your heart on seeking God and his will, not on avoiding whatever it is that you're fasting from. There's a general principle in the world, I think it holds true. Yes is normally more powerful than no. Yes is more powerful than no. Saying yes to something greater is easier than just saying no to something lesser. So if you spend the next four days saying, I won't eat, I won't eat, I won't eat, guess what you're going to do? You're going to eat. But if you spend the next four days saying, God, I'm looking for you. I'm seeking you. I long for you. I thirst for you. Guess what? You're going to find God. God's going to be there in the midst of that. So don't make this four days of fasting an emphasis on no, no, no. Make it an emphasis on saying yes to God. God, what deeper desire, what greater thing are you building in me? What do you want me to go after? God, here I am, and I'm longing for this church, for these prayer things. I'm longing for myself. You know, it's not just for the church we're praying. I want wisdom, don't you? I want guidance, don't you? I want protection from the enemy. I I want provision from God. So we're doing this corporately, but we're a bunch of individuals going corporately to God on behalf of the church and on behalf of ourselves. A consideration as you're in this time of fasting and prayer, consider silence as a part of your prayer. If silence is not a big part of your life, and I mean the discipline of silence, being before God, quiet, still, no words, just being, Psalm 46, you know, be still and know that I am God. If that's not a part of your life, I would uh, recommend bring that in this week, silence. You know, we set aside time to fast and pray. That doesn't mean that we're, you know, going after God and saying, God, Look how serious we are. We're not eating or anything, you know, like we're proving to God. We're worthy of his grace. Proving and grace, they don't go together. Jesus did all that we need so we can come to him in peace. In the same way with prayer, prayer is not about getting the exact right words so that we can manipulate God so he'll do what we want him to do. And that's why the discipline of silence is a blessing. If fasting is saying no to food for a while to uh, to encounter God, then silence is saying no to words for a while to say yes to God. God doesn't need our words to know our hearts. He, he doesn't need all our words. God wants our hearts. So I encourage you with the discipline of silence. Psalm 62 I love Psalm 62, all of it, but one particular verse, Psalm 62, 5, at least in the version that I memorized it 100 years ago, um, which I can't remember right now, but, For God alone my soul in silence waits. In the first verse in Psalm 62, the psalmist says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. He speaks to his own soul and says, Hey, here's a good idea, rest in God and be quiet. And then he makes the affirmation in verse 5. For God alone, my soul in silence waits. And so I encourage you, experiment with silence. Maybe silence from talking to actual human people, but even silence in your prayer, in your time with God. Just be before God. Um, I'm a spiritual director, and so I spend some time uh, every month with some Pastors and uh, people around the country. And I do spiritual direction. And in spiritual direction. One of the sort of things we say is. We let the silence do the heavy lifting. Silence is powerful. Because God's in it. So experiment with silence in this fast. And I want to take a couple of minutes. And I want to talk about alignment. Adam said uh, last week. That fasting brings our bodies into alignment to what God is doing. I think alignment uh, is not just uh, something we do with our bodies during fasting. Alignment is a, a daily discipline for people that follow Jesus. God made us as these humans, you know, and we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. The body, the place where we connect with the world, where we feel and eat and, and uh, engage in all of that. The soul, that place that uh, the mind, the will, and the emotions where we connect, body connects to, uh, to God. The spirit, that place within us created by God that allows us to interact with God. He is spirit. We are spiritual beings, and that's where we connect with God. And God created us to live in a certain alignment. The body is meant to be subject to the soul. The place where we connect with the world is meant to be subject to that place where we kind of feel and will and think. And the soul, which is a good thing, not a bad thing, God created it, is meant to be subject to the spirit, that place where we connect with God. And the spirit that God put in us is meant to be subject to the Holy Spirit of God. So healthy spiritual alignment is body subject to soul, subject to spirit, subject to Holy Spirit. And then we live in alignment with God's will. Now, there's an enemy, and he loves to turn us upside down. Just look around the world, you know, as you think about this analogy, the way that the enemy wants people to be driven by their bodies. What do I feel? I must get it. What do I want? I must acquire it. What do I hate? I must kill it. That's body. That's flesh, right? And the enemy would love to see the body tell the soul, the mind, will, and emotions what to do. A bunch of people running around in uh, subjection to their bodies. It's called sin. It's called mayhem. It's called hell. Well, that got really grim, didn't it? And the enemy loves that. Bodies telling souls what to do, souls telling spirits what to how to interact, and then the Holy Spirit, where is he? He's out of it. So, I think a daily discipline, not just during fasting, as, our, as in fasting we're saying, God, here's my body being subject to my soul, my soul subject to the, my spirit, my spirit to your Holy Spirit, but in every day. What a great prayer for us to just take on as one of our prayers. Every morning when we wake up and look in the mirror, God, I say now to my body, be subject to my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Be subject to my spirit where I connect with God. Spirit of Randy, be subject to the Holy Spirit of God. And then we get to the vineyard prayer. Holy Spirit, come, lead me, guide me. Man, What would it look like for a people of God to walk daily like that? Led by the Holy Spirit, spirits infused with God, souls empowered by God's Holy Spirit, bodies under subjection of spirit, like literally doing what God says and not what flesh says. That's what heavenly spiritual, uh, healthy spiritual alignment looks like. So I wonder if God would want to use this time of fasting and prayer for us to train us in daily spiritual alignment. God, make us a people that walk around led by the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh. Adam shared some really good resources uh, last week. I think he gave a, a couple of books and so forth. I've got two more resources. They're just PDFs I'm attaching to my notes. So if you want those, they're real practical things about fasting. One's from uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City. They know them, some fasting. And uh, and one's from the Vineyard, just some basics about fasting. So two PDFs. You can just go to indievineyard.org and click on Discover, and then Sermons, and then Resources under the Sermons. Uh, another thing, practically, uh, this coming Wednesday morning, we will gather here in the sanctuary, uh, 7 a.m., Should I say that again? 7 a.m. We'll be here in the morning. Uh, Kara will lead us in a time of worship and prayer. So if you want to come in this Wednesday, 7 to 8, it's a beautiful time just to be here in God's presence. And we will um, end this time of corporate fasting and prayer on Thursday with a worship night, 7 o'clock. So 7 to 8.30, we'll be here again. And just together, worshiping, praying, asking God for wisdom for guidance, for protection and provision. All right, so that's the practical part. Let me just take a couple of minutes and and, uh, throw out a couple of Bible verses to make it legal. Um, We're fasting and we're praying. I guess i got to go back to this. One of the reasons you probably love the Vineyard Church is because we don't tell you what to do. You know, you've probably been at churches where they're a little bit more heavy-handed. We're not very directive. Now, sometimes that can be a problem for us. We're you know, like, do what God tells you to do, and then we all go a thousand directions, right? Um, a couple years ago, we were, um, we were doing something. We wanted all the leaders to be involved, and there was a man from a different tradition of the, of the faith, and um, he, sa- he came up and he said to me, Randy, why don't you just tell them what to do? Like, just tell them they have to do this. And I said you know, we don't do it that way. (laughs) We're much more family, and, you know, uh, he came from a tradition where those with spiritual authority told people what to do. That can go down a really bad road, obviously, and that's not us in general. But I wonder if this time, this is Randy putting on his spiritual authority and saying, guess what? This is what we're doing. Once every 10 years, I'm going to do this. We're, we're fasting and we're praying. You know, many, many years ago, I was a part of a different uh, um, expression of the faith. I was uh, in an Anglican church, and they've got a, just a different view of leadership and authority. And I was in a pretty tough place spiritually. Uh, I was after a missionary experience that was hard and challenging for me. And the priest came to me and he said, Randy, I want you to lead the Alpha course in this church because we need... We've got people that need to meet Jesus, and so I want you to do that. And uh, his name was Jim. I said, well, Father Jim, I'm, I'm, I'm not really in a good place to do that. you know. I just did my normal thing. And he said, Randy, you haven't been an Anglican for very long, have you? And I said, no. He said, I, I didn't ask you. He said, I want you to lead the Alpha Course. He said, in our church, when someone with spiritual authority says what to do, you do it. And I got a little wigged out there for about a minute. And then you know what I did? I led the alpha course and dozens of people met Jesus because I was in such a great spiritual place. (laughs) No, because someone with authority who I trusted said, this is what I want you to do. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And then God came in the midst of that. So I think this is one of those times for us as a church, you know, God's called us to inhabit the space. We're going to do it. If you're a part of this church, we're going to do it. We're fasting and praying. If you're a part of this family, that's what we're going to do. Let's do it. Let's all do it. Let's do it together. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Ezra's the priest who's leading the people of Israel, and they're in... uh, they're in Babylon, and God's calling them back to their to the homeland, to the promised land, and they're about to begin their journey. And it says in Ezra eight twenty one, "I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God, and ask Him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions." God's called these people to do something. He's he said, "Go." The promise of his, uh, of his um, presence is real. But Ezra says, even though we know that God has called us, we're going to humble ourselves before God. We're going to fast, and we're going to pray and ask God, help us on this journey and protect us. And it, Adam talked about fasting as an intentional response to a significant need. So here's Ezra the priest proclaiming a fast to seek God's blessing on their return an intentional response to a significant need. God, you called us to go. We don't want to go alone. Go with us, protect us. We're going to put away food for a while. We're going to focus our hearts on you, and we're going to ask you be with us. When we fast and pray, we humble ourselves by admitting that on our own, we can't do what it is we're called to do. We're looking to God instead. So fasting is an intentional response to a significant need, but it's also a physical sign of humility and dependence. In some ways, fasting is the opposite of action, right? Fasting isn't something you do. It's something you intentionally don't do. It's something you abstain from. It's something you let go. We don't know fully what to do in this building campaign. We don't know fully when and how to do it. We'll We can't defend ourselves. God is our defender and protector. And we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God and we depend on him for it. Nehemiah did the same thing when he was called to rebuild the walls. He uh, issued a time of prayer and fasting so that they could know how to do what God had called them to do. Moses did the same as he goes to the mountain to receive God's law. Acts 13, 2 and 3 says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So there they are. It's a, it's a group of people. They're fasting and they're praying, God, what do you want us to do? They're worshiping the Lord. And then God speaks. Set apart Barnabas and Saul. They're called as missionaries. They're being singled out. and They're about to be sent out to proclaim the good news. Then it says, so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So as they were worshiping, God spoke to them. Send these two dudes out. And after they heard the voice of the Lord, what did they do? They fasted and prayed again. They heard God. They knew they heard God. They were going to do it, but they wanted to do it at the right time, in the right way. They wanted to do it well. They wanted to do it in unity. So after they heard God say, set them apart, they fasted and prayed. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. It, we're desperate for God. And fasting and prayer is a part of the way that we express our desperation for God. You might think, yeah, but that's the early church, you know. That's, that's Paul. That's like, man, they really knew God back then. Well, guess what? We're that church. We are that church. They were the church of Jesus, uh, established there and then in that time to proclaim the gospel to all the lands. Guess what? We're that church now, in this quirky building, with this uh, um, this group of wonderful. <laughs> I had other words. This group of wonderful people. You know, you walk in the vineyard and you say, "These are weird people. I fit perfectly." That's a good thing. God's called us. We are that church. And so as God calls us to inhabit this space, we're going to do it together. We're going to fast and we're, and we're going to pray and we're going to move forward. We're moving forward together in humility and dependence with fasting and with prayer, with faith and with expectation. So I say, let's do it. Let's all do it and let's do it together. Let's pray. Why don't you stand up? No, stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just before I pray, I remembered why I brought my phone up. I put a little sticker on my phone. You'll get a sticker today. Make sure you get a sticker. The sticker is just a little reminder in these next four days specifically to pray for um, wisdom and um, guidance protection, and provision. So wherever you will see a sticker on a constant basis, if it's your phone or your forehead or your steering wheel or your palm, whatever, put that there, and you can remember that we're praying together these four days. God, thank you for loving us so much that you would call us to yourself. So God, here we are your little vineyard church in Castleton. Collected from all over the world and different traditions and streams and here we are, the people of God you've established here. You've asked us, God, to inhabit this space and we want to obey with all of our hearts. So Holy Spirit, come. Lead us. Give us grace. Give us faith. Give us courage to say yes to this four days of saying yes. God, we present ourselves individually and corporately to you. We say we love you. We worship you. We need you. God, for us as a church and individuals, give us your wisdom. Tell us what to do with what you've given us, what we know and what we have. God, we long for your guidance. We want to know when and how to do what you've called us to so we can keep in step with your Holy Spirit. God, protect us. We trust you. We say this morning we will not defend ourselves because you are our defender. We need not fear. God, pour out your blessing of provision upon us. We believe that you will give to us all that we need to do what you've called us to do. We trust you. And we ask that you provide. So God, bless us as we walk together in fasting and prayer for these days. Speak to us. God, open us in the night for dreams and visions. Come do your work in our bodies. Come do your work in our souls. Come do your work in our spirits. And Holy Spirit, come and inhabit this space. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I could ask the ministry team to come forward, anyone on the ministry team. Um, I don't have anything specific for ministry time this morning. If God's speaking to you, you're feeling something, you have a spiritual need a physical need, you uh, you need healing in any place. You just need to be with someone or to go to God with someone. I encourage you come forward and let us pray with you and for you. I wanna, um, well, I'll look forward to seeing you <laughs> this Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. And uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock here as we worship and pray together. God bless you. Amen.